This is Agents Influence Podcast. What is the difference between influence and persuasion or influence and manipulation? When we talk about doing influence and persuasion ethically, there are three things that are musts. First is truthfulness. We have to be truthful, not only in what we say, but what we don't say. Second, we only use psychology that is natural to the situation. And by that, I mean, if scarcity isn't truly available, then I don't try to manufacture it. And the third criteria is it's got to be good for you, not just for me. Good for you, good for me, then we're good to go. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Hey, 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 loyal listeners, welcome to Agents Influence Podcast, Conversations with Jason Cass. Today, I am here with a special guest, Mr. Brian Ahern. Now, here's the thing, loyal listeners, I'm going to predict the future. Today is July 21st. I have taken the month of July off to report record podcasts. But a gentleman by the name of Brian Ahern and another guy by the name of Seth Prius, which I believe to be very special guests, um, have reached out to me. And so I actually took a break in the middle of July. And for all behind the scenes, if you want me to really pull back the curtain, loyal listeners, we were supposed to do this last week and I lost my voice. So we had to cancel everything till this week. So now I'm doing it this week. Um, And I am going to ask my team to be putting this out on July 29th. Because if we did it in the normal schedule, I'm already booked out till September, loyal listeners. And I want to get Brian in there. So I'm thinking about, um, this is probably going to be released on July 29th if my team can get it done um, because I want to do that. And also you loyal listeners, right now you are enjoying, um, uh, explain this book to me. I'm telling you right now, our downloads are off the charts. I was just checking this morning. Um, once again, today is the 21st. Um, just already this morning, we already have 1,124 downloads. We've never broke 1,000. Today's the first time we broke 1,000. Uh, we think that's pretty damn good. But in, 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 the, in a couple of days before, we had 600 and 800. And the reason I tell you that is downloads don't matter. Um, my buddy Bradley Imp- uh, Flowers says it's about impact, and I agree. But I want to let you know that people are just not you. They're loving this podcast. Explain the book to me. I think Josh Lipstone's done a fantastic job. I think we got probably about another week left. Um, of that. So we'll be back into it in August. I hope that you're enjoying your summer and loyal listeners, you mean everything to me. Go to loyallistenershirt.com if you want to find a shirt to tell everybody who you are. Mr. Brian Ahern, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. I appreciate you having me on the show, Jason. Thanks, man. Sorry to go through all that, uh, la, 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 but you know, I don't get to talk to my loyal listeners very often. And so, well, actually I talk to them two times a week, but I haven't talked to them about three, four weeks. So this is uh, pretty good. I'm really looking forward to you, man. Um, I, I really mean it when I say that I probably wouldn't have pulled it out, uh, your podcast out because I've already got like four or five that are already supposed to roll out. But Brian, yours came to me because yours was a topic. I love topics. Number one, that make us think. Uh, one of the things we do here at Agents Influence is to make people challenge the norms, right? We do it inside agencies with agency intelligence, and we do it outside with Agents Influence with uh, experts like yourself that can help us see these things from a different light. And that is why I'm excited that you're on today because yours is has to do a lot with influence. And we're going to talk more about that. But before we do, Brian, are you ready? I'm ready to roll. Are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? I'm an iPhone user. Wah, 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 wah. But I did nah. pop over. I did pop over to Chrome so that uh, Squadcast would work. The C, C, C. Well, I'm telling you, it works the same way on your phone too. Um, yeah. So no, um, uh, Brian. And what's the last app you downloaded? Last app I downloaded. Um, I don't remember exactly the last one, but I'll say the best one that I downloaded. Yeah, that's good. Voice Dream voice dream and it lets you bring documents in and you choose the voice and it reads it to you and when i wrote my first book it was a huge help because 
reading your own writing, even if you read it out loud, is not the same as hearing a third party voice read it. True. And I'm working on a second book and continually listening to it as I edit it. So for any of your listeners out there, if you write a lot, could be blog posts, articles, books, you got to download this because you can bring in different documents and hear them. And it really makes a difference in your editing. Wow. And, and even in your emails, I could really see how something as small as even in your emails, because the emails are so important communication that we use every day, you know? And when we're talking about dealing with underwriters or clients, maybe there's a little bit of influence that we can put into that writing. And maybe we'll get to that here in a minute. But also remember, loyal listeners, the best thing that you need to download is Agents Influence app, mobile app. Go to your Google Play Store, go to your Apple Store, check it out. I have one of the best apps out there because I had a choice between good, better, and best, and I chose the best because I have the best loyal listeners. Now, Brian, what it would you say? Uh, let's. It would. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? I love to win. You love to win. Any reason why that basis comes there? Um, I don't know. Just being athletic. Uh, I, I was a competitive power uh -huh. bodybuilder when I was younger. I really over to marathoning. Big transition there. Um, was involved with Taekwondo for a many, many years. And so I just, I'm very competitive when it comes to that. Wow, you are. You said bodybuilding, marathon runner, Taekwondo. Is that what you said? Yep. I'm a second degree black belt. Oh, shit. My God. I mean, the thing about it is, is someone meets you. Like, my always thing has been like a big guy. He can, he can, he can defend himself, right? But me, I'm a small guy. I always thought, I'll just run. Okay. I can always outrun them. If I ran into you, I'm, I'm screwed. I mean, you, you're going to beat me up. If I try to run, you're going to hawk me down. I mean, I'm, I'm done with you, Brian. This is, this is unbelievable. There's no influence needed. Okay. You could get me. That's the well, way it is. If there was two things in this world that brought us to where you are and one was skill and one was luck, what would you say has been a major inf the biggest in factor or flu influence in your life? The, I mean, between those two, between those two, skill yeah, or luck? It would be skill because uh, I believe luck is where preparation meets opportunity. So if I don't have the skill, if I'm not prepared, it doesn't matter when the opportunity comes along. Therefore, there's no luck. Right. So you don't think there's any luck until there's at least an opportunity. Is that what you're saying? I, absolutely. If I wasn't ready, if I didn't have the skill set to talk to you about influence, um, even if I had the opportunity to speak to you, it wouldn't come to fruition. So Correct. Um, yeah, there, there. I think there are certain things in life that are um, totally outside of, of your control. Um, I agree. called me up and said, Hey, you had a long lost relative. You got a million bucks coming to you. I, there, there's nothing I can do to prepare for that. But I think the majority of what we go through in life and trying to succeed, we need to be ready when the opportunities present themselves. Yes, yes, yes. You are right. You are right about that. Hey, Brian. So let us get to know you get to relate. Take us back. If you would to college, where are you born? I was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. Where do you live now? I live in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, wow. Uh, you know what? I was just in Ohio, and there's a petition going around in Ohio to to, to rename Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, to flavor town. I, I am not a favorite. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. We, we got to draw the line somewhere when we're trying to rename capitals. Anyways, don't want to get off on that. But take us back to high, our college and bring us forward to where you are now, Brian. So I went to Miami University, which is in Southwest Ohio, uh, yeah. a great school, great education, beautiful campus. And I got involved in the insurance industry completely by accident. I had accepted a job with a department store chain and then got a letter from the Travelers Insurance Company the last week of school, just about threw the letter away. But I thought, you know, I live in Columbus. My friends are still there. My family, the girl I'm dating, I owe it to her. I should go through the interview. Went through the interview, liked everything that I heard, decided I would take the job. And the very first day on the job, I met my wife, who I've now been married to for 30 years. Wow. Wow. What was she doing there? Uh, she started same day. I literally went in the HR training room, looked at her and thought, wow, she is beautiful. And she said she looked at me and thought, wow, what an egghead. And yeah, stumbled out of the gate badly. But within two weeks, I wasn't going out with the other girl. I was dating Jane and the rest is history. Hot diggity dog. That's right. Jane. Yep. Jane. Uh, one of my favorite bands out there, Dave Matthews, the song that Jane likes. It's one of my favorites. Um, I know that I can just go off on tangents like that, but it's a very important to know that Jane was actually Dave Matthews' sister, and she was murdered in South Africa by her boyfriend. Wow. And so he wrote the song 
the song that Jane likes because it was a song that he had already sung that she liked of what he did. Just just a little tidbit out there, loyal listeners. I'm more than just a podcaster. I'm telling you what, I pay attention and I read. So here's now take us to how did you get to where you are now to this thing? Let let me let me set it up for you. Okay, let me set it up for you. Because loyal listeners, here, if you go to his LinkedIn profile and you read it, it's it's very, very unique. Okay. First of all, you do a very good job at setting it up and stuff. Um, but and and the way that it's laid out and everything. I like in the about page how you know you start out with what other people are saying about you. I notice that immediately, right? Like I'm looking at this and I'm like, wow, it's normally. I am da 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 because that's what I do. That's what most people do. But you, you hit it right off the bat with giving some big people who are people that you just can't call and get them to write you a review. Like they're going to write you a review because they really believe it or don't. And here it is, as you said, you're an international speaker, coach, consultant, author. You're one of only 20 people in the world certified by uh, Robert Child. Well, hold on, hold on, Childini. Childini. Cialdini, gosh, man, I've even got it written down over here, loyal listeners. They know. They're laughing right now. It's okay. Robert Cialdini. Um, and this is, you're one of only one, uh, one of 20 in the world that teaches methodology when it comes to influence. You facilitate a two-day principles of persuasion workshop, and you're one of only a handful selected to lead his Moment Maker Workshop. My why is helping people enjoy my uh, more professional success and personal happiness. Everybody says that. How are you different? Excellent training followed up by with consistent learning. Reinforcement is the best way to accomplish both. Now, this is interesting, right? Because who is Robert Cialdini in his methodology? What's going on here? Okay, so Robert Cialdini is the most cited living social psychologist on the planet when it comes to the science of influence. And there's about seven decades of research in psychology, very specific to the influence process and what causes one person to say yes to another and ultimately take action. And Robert Cialdini has made that his very specific focus. He wrote a book back in the mid eighties called Influence Science and Practice, which has sold about three and a half million copies. And, and he is um, the godfather of, of influence. There's if, if you study the influence process, you will come across Robert Cialdini's name, and there's no better resource than his book on that subject. He came out with a book um, several years ago called Presuasion, and that's the psychology of setting up the situation before you go into it. So that's a, just a little bit about him. Yes, I do recognize him now. I actually just just Googled him. And yeah, I see this guy all the time on the news. He's always on Fox News or CNN or something like that. I shouldn't say Fox News or CNN because now people are just instantly hating the guy. But no, no, he this guy, I didn't realize who this was. I didn't realize that's that's what he did. Okay. Yeah, this guy is is interesting. And so what is the basis? I mean, what is this? You talked about the difference between influence and manipulation. That's something that people think out there. But like, why is there only 20 people allowed to run this? And you're one of only a handful? Like, what is so special about this, what he teaches? Well, one, he practices what he preaches. And so the psychology of scarcity, that we value things more when they're rare or going away. And obviously, mm -hmm. you're impressed by the fact that there are only 20 around the world, and I'm one of them. So ah. he's, he's practicing what he preaches. But part of the other reason, too, is uh, as somebody who is an academic, and he taught for more than three decades at Arizona State University, uh, people who are in the academic field and researchers are very concerned with how their life's work is being presented. And so they're not nilly-willy going to just allow anybody to gotcha. pay a bunch of money, get certified, and go out and represent them. He wants people to be thoroughly impressed by the people who represent his work, and they want people to jaw drop when they hear some of the, the results of the research. And so how somebody like me presents that makes a world of difference for somebody like you, Jason, or your listeners as to whether or not they say, wow, that's interesting and I'm going to try it. Scarcity mindset. You put that out there and um, it's so such a big time problem in probably a lot of industries, but I know the insurance industry. Um, we have this mindset that that I don't want to teach this person. Now we have we have really grown from this in this industry in the last ten years. We've become we help each other a lot, and 
And, and when we're helping each other, I really like how we're sharing things, but we still all have this mindset of, well, I don't want to tell them that or say this because they could take my business or that. And we all know that there's so much business out there. There's, there's no way that you could, that you could write all of it, but there's a lot of us that have this scarcity mindset. My buddy, Wesley Anderson says a lot of people think it's this or that. He says it's actually this and that. You know, we can't always have that scarcity mindset when it comes to business, but when it does come to what he's talking about, that makes total sense, right? Well, there's a, a slight differentiation too between me having a scarcity mindset and yes. you having a scarcity mindset. Um, as an example, I, you know, if my calendar was open next week, I wouldn't say, hey, Jason, give me a call next week. I'm wide open. Because that sets in your mind, oh, you know, this guy, nobody's calling him. He's not that valuable, right? Um, so, right. Um, but what we need to recognize when we talk about scarcity is that human beings, and this is scientifically proven. In fact, a man named Dan Kahneman won a Nobel Prize for his work in this area. Humans are statistically two to two and a half times more likely to respond to loss as opposed to gain. And so when mm. I understand that, and I'm talking to a client, if you were a potential insured, I don't talk necessarily about the benefits of something. I talk about, you know, uh, Jason, because you don't have this coverage right now, here's the downside. Because I know that you will respond more to that. And as an ethical persuader, I'm only putting out what I know is in your best interest as a potential customer. So that's a that's a big mistake that a lot of people Time make. out. It Time is. out. Brian, that was gold, brother. That was gold. Let's stop there for a minute because I, I want to hear more. But you just said something that the loyal listeners really need to grab hold of. And we all know that, that someone would rather experience what they want to protect from the loss rather than get the gain. That makes sense to a lot of people. But you said something that could be directly related to insurance and their CSRs and their account managers today. And that is not so much explaining the benefits of the policy, but what they stand to lose yes. because the policy is not covering them correctly. That's that's like a game changer right there. And I think a lot of people know that, Brian, but you just said it. It's reinforced it. And someone of your skill set saying that that's a powerful thing for insurance agents to know. Well, absolutely. And, and every time I am in front of an audience and I talk about this and I give an example and I'll ask for the hands to be raised as a whole, people get it. They, they totally get it. But then they go back out and they're so conditioned to, I've got to be positive, rah, rah, rah. And I'm not mm -hmm. talking about being a negative mm -hmm. down or anything like that, but I'm talking about using language that science clearly says is most persuasive. And as an insurance agent, you want that customer to take your recommendation because you know they'll be better protected. How will I talk about it makes all the difference in the world. Brian, another thing that we've done, and I have done it inside my agency, um, it almost takes software to be able to do it really effectively, but it has to do that with pay. So the great Billy Williams uh, talks about this inside our industry, about how he has, he'll give an example of he pays them $25 an hour, and then you're going to give them a bonus, which is equivalent to, let's say, $5 extra an hour. So they're making $30 an hour if they do their job and the bonus. Mm -hmm. He says the problem, the reason why we never get the bonus is because kind of back what you said, rather than the gain, yeah, so much. I made $25 an hour. If I do the bonus, I don't. But if I say, hey, I'm going to pay you $30 an hour, and if you don't do this or this, then you could make $25. Now that loss to me is big. And if I now have to keep the $30 an hour in my brain rather than the 25, does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Because Jason, when I work with company field reps, as an example, and it's getting towards the end of the year and it's that bonus time, what I say you don't want to do is go out and say something like, hey, Jason, I just looked at the numbers and you are so close to making president circle. And if you do, you're going to earn an extra 50 grand. Now, uh, you will be motivated by that, but right. you'll be far more motivated if I go out and I say, hey, Jason, I just looked at the numbers and you're so close to President Circle. And if you don't get there, you're going to lose 50 grand. And you're going to go, what? And it's the same thing. Yeah. And that's where I would say you're uh, on track for 150, but if you don't reach it, you're going to lose 50 grand. And you're feeling like you own it at that point. Mm -hmm. I say you're going to lose it. It's like mm -hmm. taking it away from you. And so you will be much more motivated to work hard to hit that number. And nobody's going to come back and say, darn you, Brian, for scaring me into getting that bonus. What am I going to do? 
Yeah, that's good. For honestly alerting me to what was on the line. I didn't realize it. I didn't realize it. And when you told me I was going to gain, that didn't trigger in my mind like you told me when I was going to loss. And it's the same thing, gaining or losing in that situation. Also, Brian, I've seen it where, and I do this practice, this in my agency to this day, is that we don't have vacation days and we don't have paid time off. Um, actually, that's all they have is paid time off. Right. So we don't have any set like you only get five personal days and you only get this much. And we used to do that up to 2017 until the great Billy Williams, uh, ba based on the same principle, said that if we give them three weeks of vacation, they're going to take all three weeks because they own it, right? It's like, you're not taking that away from me. Yeah. But if you say to them, you can take as much time as you need, inside the confounds of some core values and the way that we handle ourselves and run our business. But you, you are going to be able to take unlimited vacation. I have to tell you, anybody who's listening can call 618-532-2277. That is our office number. Ask for Travis and ask him because he's my business partner. I have, I'm constantly on the staff, the team, to take freaking time off. I told Travis last week, I said, it's almost like I'm going to have to tell them, okay, you have two weeks of vacation so that they will take the vacation because they won't do it unless you say to them, you have two weeks and then they feel as if they have to off the same principle, I believe. Yeah. I think when somebody realizes how many uh, vacation, personal and sick days they have, and I, and I worked in large corporations for the majority of my career, People will do everything they can to max that out if if they at least can't carry any of them over. They'll Makes sense, right? It's a use it or lose it. So right. you know, it, it creates a scarcity mentality that sometimes probably forces people to take off more time than they actually need. Mm -hmm. It really, really, truly does. Now, let's let's switch this a little bit because I want to go back to some of the, the difference between influence and manipulation. Okay. But I believe the reason why the reason why I believe that our podcast is the best is because we take this down roads that people don't normally go down. And this is a book that I read and I and I'm a, I'm an avid reader, okay? But I was sitting on a plane about 3-4 months ago. Well, it was obviously longer than that because it was COVID. So it, longer than that. And I'm and I'm reading and I'm looking at my bag cuz I'm needing something to read and I pull out this little book that I forgot that I got a long time ago. And it was by Earl um, Nightingale, and I think it's called The Secret, mm -hmm. I think is the name of it. And he talks about this greatest secret that if you can get to understand, it can help our lives. And it goes back to something you were saying earlier that you touched on. I've never talked about this with my with my loyal listeners, I want to get your thought on this. Yeah. And he said, you said earlier that we put more value on things that maybe we pay for or we own, right? And usually if we own it, we usually paid for it or something like that. And then, and we see this a lot as insurance agents to where we'll get a free piece of technology and eh, we don't really use it. But if you charge me $500 for that same piece of technology, I'm going to use a dang thing, right? Because it's like, I'm paying for it. I'm experiencing pain there. And one of the things that Earl Nightingale said is that he said that the great paradox of life is to think that because he said that whenever you pay for something, you feel as if you're going to own it and that you put more importance upon it. But yet things that you don't pay for get less importance. Yep. And he said the great paradox of life is that it's opposite than the way that we treat it. Because the things that we pay for, like homes, like cars, like rings, jewelry, whatever, are the things that are not as important in life and we can't take with us. But the things that are free, which is love, intelligence, emotions, trust, those are the things that we don't pay for. You just, you just earn, you get. I mean, I don't want to sit there and say everybody gives you love, but we know what we're talking about. You don't have to pay for it. And those are the things that we've put the least amount of importance on. And he called it the great paradox of life. What say you on that, Brian? Well, I think that the things that we get and probably part of the reason that we value them more, I think would go back to evolutionary biology and those things may have helped us survive. Uh, go the scarcity mentality. If I had an abundance, that's a wonderful thing. But if I don't have enough, that could be life and death. And therefore, I respond in, in social psychology ah. that the humans who were more focused on scarcity were the ones who did the better job surviving and tended to pass on their genes. 
Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, AK Agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast Certified. When it comes to things like love and relationships, while we also know how important they are, you can't pay the bills with that. And right. I think that there's, I think that's part of that dichotomy that we see between things and and thing other between tangible things and things like relationships, love, mm. and and so on. Brian, that's so good because back then, as you said, before even currency was something, I mean, we're talking tribal instincts, you traded things, right? Like I have this bowl and I'll trade it for that piece of food or something. So that, ah, dude, dude, that's good. That's good. I should have told, you should have told this to Earl before he passed, you know? I mean, no, no, it was really good. And and this book is like 15 pages long. It's called The Secret, and he wrote about it, and it's a really, really phenomenal book. And so when you touched on that about how we how we, we find that importance on that, um, I thought that was big. Now, now, one of the things that you had talked about specifically with me, and I want to get this, is, is that when you are leading influence, it, you're really not influencing people. You're manipulating them. You're saying things to get them to do what you want. And I know that you and other people who – practice influence are are against that, that that mindset and have a good reason for so what do you say about that Brian so let me first start with a story because okay I think this will really help your listeners understand how strongly I feel about this when All I right. cross Robert Cialdini's material somebody gave me a videotape I think this was 2003 so a long time ago watch the videotape it's him presenting at Stanford on non-manipulative ways to move people to action and the light bulb came on As I watched that video, I said, first and foremost, this is the psychology underpinning all of sales. It's why certain approaches work and certain don't. Second, it was rooted in in research, and I felt confident I could get behind that. It wasn't some guy's opinion. It was backed by decades of data. Third, he talked about non-manipulative ways to do things, and and that resonated with me. I I like to think I'm a moral, a good person, and so... I started to use this video in some training and I signed up for Stanford's marketing. Well, one day, one of their marketing flyers crosses my desk. It has Cialdini's picture and in bold letters, bestseller, right underneath it in bold letters, call it influence, persuasion, or even manipulation. And I thought, I can't believe that a copyright person actually used that word. So I emailed Stanford and I said, I don't know anybody who wants to be manipulated, and I don't know anybody who wants to be known as a good manipulator. The word cannot be helping your sales, but it really could be hurting. I never heard from Stanford, but sometime later my phone rang and it was Robert Cialdini's office. One of his representatives said, I'm calling to thank you on behalf of Dr. Cialdini. Your email to Stanford is causing them to change the marketing of our materials. And we wow. thank you. And I was like that too. I was like, this is cool. And we had a nice conversation. And she said, by the end, she said, you know, if your company ever needs a guest speaker, he travels the world and talks about this. And I said, I sit next to the woman who books our events and speakers. Would you like to talk with her? And as fate would have it, he was at our company in the summer of 2004 to address the insurance agents that represented us. And that was the beginning of my relationship with him. So, So I say that to level set that if it were not for the word manipulation, I would not be doing what I'm doing. We would not be recording this podcast. And <laughs> my career would be entirely different. I love it, dude. So, uh, so let me, and now let me just say this though. That's a nice story. Okay. So I believe in this, but what is the difference between influence and persuasion or influence and manipulation? When we talk about doing influence and persuasion ethically, there are three things that are musts. First is truthfulness. We have to be truthful not only in what we say, but what we don't say. It's not good enough if I tell you the truth, but I hide the truth for something else, something that I know would have changed your decision. Second, we only use psychology that is natural to the situation. And by that, I mean, um, if scarcity isn't truly available, 
then I don't try to manufacture it. I don't tell you Jason's supplies are limited when they're not, just to try to get you to go, oh, if I don't buy it now, I'm not going to get it. So we, we tell the truth. We uh, are using psychology. It's natural to the situation. And the third criteria is it's got to be good for you, not just for me. And I like to say, good for you, good for me, then we're good to go. If what I'm putting out, I know is in your best interest, even if I'm getting paid a commission for it, that's okay. Right. I'm doing something to genuinely benefit you and you see it that way. And I've told you the truth and I'm using this psychology that's natural. I can look myself in the mirror and say, I'm operating in an ethical way. Correct. And I guess the opposite could be true that if you didn't do that correctly, that person may not take that action that was best for them. Yes. Now, right. I won't, I won't always know what's best for you. So I got to be clear about that. But when, when I am operating in an ethical manner and you know that I have best interest at heart, at least you receive it that way. And you might say, Hey, Brian, I I get where you're coming from, but here's the situation. And so maybe proposed isn't right for you, but you received it differently than somebody who's trying to shove something down your throat. You received it differently. And there may be more information that they may let out that then could help you then help them see, right? Rather than you are right. If they take it the wrong way, they may just shut down and don't tell you anymore and you are done for. So I like that truthfulness. You only use the psychology that's natural to the conversation and it's got to be good for you and good for me. So I kind of like that. Um, To be honest with you, that just sounds like any good relationship. Absolutely. I mean, that just Sounds like any good relationship, but to me, so that's that's pretty good. Now, go, go ahead. Well, I wanted to say one one other thing that I think really, for your listeners, would really help all but remove manipulation, the even consideration, and that is when we talk about this principle of liking. And everybody gets this, right? Jeffrey Gittimer says, you know, all things being equal, people want to do business with their friends. All things not so equal, people still want to do business with their friends. We know <laughs> that, that friendship causes us gives us a comfort level to do business with people. So the problem a lot of salespeople and a lot of people in general make is they try so hard to get people to like them. And and after a while, it's like, hey, whoa, you know, this is a little too much. I'm not going to be your best friend just because we met. But the reality is if I focus instead on coming to like you and I look for every way that I can to say, you know, Jason's a good guy. I look for things I can compliment. I try to connect on things we have in common. And all of a sudden, I begin to think, man, you're a cool dude. I like you. You sense that. And that's where everything changes. Because when you believe that, hey, Brian really likes and cares for me, well, friends do right by friends, right? I would never manipulate my friends. And that's how right. you to receive it. And that's the game changer in terms of building a relationship and then basically removing manipulation from any situation we would ever be in. Because you wouldn't, I wouldn't, and I'm sure your listeners would never manipulate their friends. So I have an ego, right? And I'm always thinking about me first, like a lot of people do. So I'm thinking about what you're saying here. Um, I have to admit, I get around people and I will talk to them, especially if I'm presenting insurance. And I don't really know what I'm doing, but something's working correctly. And the reason why I say that is, is, I mean, I just wrote this large account, Brian, and because of COVID, I couldn't go to their operations. So I did it all over GoToMeeting. And we're talking like a $300,000 account, 350. I got another one that I'm working on. It's 210. I've yet to be at any of these places. And when I get on, this has been my whole life. And when you're talking about these things, these are some of the things that I naturally do. I don't necessarily want them to like me, right? But I want to like them. And I have really thought that to myself, right? And so when you're saying that, it's 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 eye-opening because there are those things. And I have to admit, and I think a lot of loyal listeners, you're out there the same way, guy, gal, salesperson, account manager, whatever, you're thinking to yourself, Whenever I speak to people, I seem to have a bigger influence on them or I have a bigger persuasion on them than maybe somebody else would. Um, And my my business partner, Travis Etheridge, uh, he realizes that very much. He's a very good salesperson, but he realizes that I can talk to the same person and they'll 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 take it differently. Um, And and so it's it's, it's really, really unique. And so it's um, it's interesting because there's no such thing as a born salesperson, they say. Right. But I think sometimes some people have those characteristics that they may not even be me. I may not even be sharpening them, but they're exposing themselves. Does this happen? Um, 
I think that there are influences on our lives that we may not encounter. And before we know it, we say, that's just my personality. So my daughter would be a really good example that um, at 17, she's now 24, but at 17, I'll never forget, we were out with friends. She met us at a restaurant when she slid into the booth where these much older people were and she shook hands and she looked people in the eye and she was asking questions. And I thought, oh my God, it looks like she's been doing this her whole life. She looks so comfortable at 17. But I also realized too, it's because of how I raised her. I made her at 12 years old, I'd say, you know, when so-and-so comes over today, I want you to shake his hand for him. I want you to look him in the eye and ask how he's doing. And, and she would do those things. And at that point though, she started to realize how it made her feel when they're like, wow, that's a firm grip. And, and, and so she started to take the mantle onto herself. At 24 now, she may not remember all of those things, but, but there was a contributing factor that led her to be this really outgoing mm -hmm. person. Some people in life are very lucky to have parents or mentors or coaches or people who teach them those things or they learn by observing and other people don't. Um, I'm not saying everybody can be as good a salesperson, but I can tell you that influence is a skill and wherever somebody is, they can get better at it. And the more that they study it and own it and make it their own, the more that ultimately they can say, well, this is just who I am. So I want to get your opinion on something. Okay. Let's get your, let's get, this is good stuff, dude. This is exactly what I thought this podcast would be. I love this kind of stuff. I love this psychology and why the brain works. And, and, you know, and sometimes the reason why is because we always have to listen to a people's opinions, but the brain just works the way a thing works. Right. And so that, I love that basic tenets of the, it's building blocks. I'm watching Pierce Morgan in 20, probably 2012. It's probably right at the beginning of 2013. And he has um, Rick Warren, excuse me, Rick Warren from Saddleback Church. Okay. And he has him on there and they are, my little listeners haven't heard this in a while, but I want to, I want to get your, your take on what he says. They're talking and, and when Pierce Morgan says to him, he says, you know, your church has become so successful and everything. Why haven't you done what other um, pastors have done and go to television? And start getting on television because, I mean, if you can bring 40,000 people to your church, imagine what you can do on a major scale. And he said something that was very, very profound. He said, you know, rather than answering it, he said that there was some verse in Isaiah or something like this that he is always attributed back to this. And he said, he said, let me give you an example. He said, when I go to Africa and he says, and I go to communities where there is no food no water, no medicine. People are starving and dying. He says, I've noticed something. The next day after I get there, he said the cameras would show up. And the day after that, water and food would show up. And the week after that, medicine would show up. And he'd say, and then I'd go to the next, next uh, town, village. And he says, and no one would be there. But the cameras would show up. The food would show up. The medicine would show up. And so he realized that actually to have the greatest, as he says, influence on the world, it wasn't so much standing on a TV and at a pulpit. It was actually getting out there and influencing other people to take actions that would help other people. Mm -hmm. I thought that was one of the most profound things I had ever heard. And that's why I named this agent's influence. It was because of that exact thing, because what I wanted to do was I wanted to give a voice to those who had not a voice in this industry so that we could make forward change and momentum. And my thought was, is that if I stand up here and just talk, I'm doing nothing, right? But if I can go get Brian's, if I can go get Nicholas Ayers or Ryan Handley's and I can bring them and give them the platform to say what they have to say, now we're going to make change. It's not so much about Jason. It's about the voices of other people. I thought that that was pretty damn profound. What do you say about what Rick Warren and his thought of influence is there? Um, it reminds me of something that I read recently, and I read this book many years ago, and I can't believe that I didn't catch it the first time around, but they were talking about how our brains work. And when they would do brain imaging, they clearly see different parts of our brain, light, I'll say lighting up, if they right. see the blood's flowing, uh, so they can see the pain centers, et cetera. And when they saw people operating out of a reward mentality, wanting to get something, there's a certain part of the brain that's lighting up. When they operated out of an altruistic motive, a different part of the brain lit up. 
And what they notice too is both parts cannot be active at the same time. Ooh. So it, right away, I, I, I thought of, you know, since you mentioned Isaiah, I thought of the biblical verse where Jesus said, um, you can't serve God and money. You can't serve two masters. Um, wow. He said to the, the Pharisees, you see, they're off there praying in the public with the long tassels and everything. They have their reward in full. When you pray, go into the secret and just you and your father, because we can't do them both. And I think what you're tapping into, you're saying, I'm going to give a platform to other people. Do you get a benefit from it? Yeah, you're going to get more notoriety and things, but you're really giving the mantle to somebody else. And, and it's an altruistic act. Mm. And that's where that influence can spread where people see the, the the true genuineness of it. Wow. Wow. Didn't put those two together on those sides of the brain, not being able to operate at the same time and what Jesus said. And there's so many tenants that have fallen through that. We know like um, it's, it's not moral and ethical, but you're, you can't have two girlfriends, right? You can't have two husbands. Like you're going to like one more than you're going to like the other. You know, you can't, it, we, we do this stuff, especially with our, with our vices, you know, we, we, we get addicted to one or the other, but yeah, dude, that is so good. That is so good. That is so good. Here's the other thing that stood out to me too, is I kept reading and it talked about the, the competition between the two and how um, the reward center can quite often dominate the altruistic center. And again, then you go back and in Romans, Paul said, the good that I want to do, I don't. And the thing I don't want to do, I find myself doing. What's going on here? This is explaining what's happening in our brain, right? We can't, one is, one is more dominant than the other. And you have to be more focused to say, I'm not going to let that, I'm not going to let this want, this desire overtake this, this reason that's really uh, much better over here. Yeah. And we all do it, right? We, 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 we have plans in the morning. And then at the end of the day, we look back and we say, why did I let that overcome that? I knew that my reward would be huge there. Let's talk about this before we go, before we wrap this up, you're talking about the altruistic side and your reward side. And and it has to do, I just love giving and, and receiving, right? Um, I've said this before that when you give and you receive, you never hear anybody say receive and give. You hear them say it's giving and receiving. And I think that that is a basis of where a lot of people go wrong is it's this mentality of I get first, then I give. You don't pick a, a crop and then plant it. Right. You, you, you give and then you receive any principles in that in the brain. I mean, it's come from the same area kind of, right? No, well, it's, it's what we call reciprocity and reciprocity. Everybody understands this, that natural obligation to give back to people who first give to you. And we are conditioned almost from birth. I mean, when you're raising your kids and someone does something nice, you lean down and go, what do you say? And your son or daughter goes, thank you. And the conditioning begins, right? They learn that when someone does something, they're supposed to do something in return. Um, When it comes to the giving, I always tell people, we don't give to get, right? I am not gonna give to you, Jason, to pull this lever and get you to do what I want. But if I don't give, I'll never get right. If I am not somebody who's looking to give, I can't expect that other people would want to do something in return for me. And here's here's where most people get this when I explain it. But here's the subtlety of how people miss it. There was a meme going around Facebook years ago, and it was the rapper Eminem, and it said, "I don't care if you're black, white, gay, straight, uh, male, female." You treat me with respect and I will treat you with respect. And everybody's going, yeah, yeah, that's great. And and I chimed in and said, wouldn't it be better if he had said, I don't care if you're black, white, gay, straight, male, female. I will treat you with respect. I hope you'll treat me with respect. In other mm. words, he's, he's, what he really was saying is, I will give you respect if you give it to me. But I'm saying the world would be a better place if I give respect and hope people will respect me in return. If you respect me, I'll respect you. But instead of saying, I'll respect you, if you'll respect me. Wow. Holy crap. Yeah, dude, those are common things. And it's so weird how that gets into our vocabulary and how we go that way. And then when someone like you stops and says, Hey, think of that, we go, Oh, wow. And then like, as you said, people will leave your seminar and go right back into their old ways. You know what I mean? So it's just, and it's not their fault. It's just how we've been doing it um, so for so long. So, so what brain? It's yeah, as you say, it's your conditioning. But this is why you know, go back to Earl Nightingale. This is why, in a sense, it's a secret. Um, 
because most people are like, oh, I, I didn't know that. If you didn't know something, then maybe it was a secret to you. The liking, you know, focus on liking somebody else. Oh, I didn't think of it that way. These are these are things that anybody can do, but they just don't think of it. They've been so conditioned to try to get people to like them, to wait for somebody to give to them first, to decide if they'll give back. No, no, no. Give what you want give respect, love, consideration, whatever you want from somebody else, be the first to give it. And you'll be pleasantly surprised at how many people reciprocate it. That is so true. So easy to say, but so easy to do. I mean, it's easy to be nice. It's tough sometimes. You know, sometimes as you say right now, it's easy to be nice. It's always easy to smile. And then like, I'll be like mad or upset. And I'll try to think that to myself. Like, okay, this is a good time that you want to smile and stuff. And your brain's like, screw smiling right now. I'm not smiling right now. You know, it's just weird. Yeah. And you know you should, right? It's it's that ongoing game. Leaders are readers and leaders are readers and readers are leaders. And I know that you're a leader in what you do. What are you reading? What am I reading right now? Right now, I'm taking a lot of time to go back through books. And you can see I'm in my office. I see them back there, here. yes. I've got them all over the place. I'm uh, going back and and rereading a lot of things. So I, I reread that book. It was called Sway, um, because you know, you forget things, and and mm -hmm. I needed that those some of those refreshers. I'm also rereading um, Team of Rivals about Abraham Lincoln and, and his life. Um, so those are really what are top of the list right now for me. Okay. Well, you know, I, this has been very, very interesting. And if people want to find out more, what do you do? I mean, tell us about you. What do you do for the insurance industry? What's your main gig? When you wake up in the morning, what are you trying to do right now? Well, um, this is your time. Brag. Go right. ahead. So talking about conditioning our brains, when I wake up in the morning and I use that app that I mentioned to you before called Voice Dream, and I have it read out loud to me my mission statement. Um, so that I'm constantly thinking about that, which for me starts off with when I die and I leave the earth, I want God to say, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. And then it goes into my faith, my family, my uh, personal well-being and my career as just a reminder of the things. But at the but as you said, when you introduced me, my my why for my business is I want people to enjoy more success at the office and happiness at home. And I believe that I can help them do that by teaching them how to communicate differently, how to understand what the psychology says about our minds and how we can ethically influence people to do things. So when it comes to work, I mean, you know, if you're a salesperson, if someone doesn't say yes to you, you're not going to succeed. You're a manager at a company, you got a great idea, can't get people to say yes, it goes nowhere. Even if you're the leader, doesn't matter how good your mission, vision and values are, can't get people to say yes, you're going nowhere. But also this same skill set that people would learn that will help them at the office tends to promote more peace and happiness at home. Because if your kids, your spouse, your neighbors interact with you with less friction because you change how you communicate, you can achieve that success and that happiness. And so what I do is, is I speak, I train, I coach, I consult everything around understanding what the science, what the research says about influence and how do you take that into your everyday operations so you can be more successful at whatever your chosen field is. Wow. I love it, man. I love it. You and I are going to have to uh, meet back up again. I, I think that um, I need to deliver you to the mastermind uh, and, and let them hear you and see you. So this is going to be good. I, uh, what is it? The end of Casablanca. I, I believe this is the beginning of a wonderful relationship or beautiful relationship. I just butchered it. Hell, I don't know anymore. I'll have to watch YouTube after I get done with this, but Brian, no, seriously, thank you very much, man. Um, you, this was, uh, this has been very good. This is right up my alley. I could sit here and talk to you all day long about this stuff. Cause I think it's so powerful. It's so real because why? Cause it's so us right? Yep. It's us. It's one of those things you can't run from or deny. It's just inside of you. So wrapping it up, you have anything you want to say, Brian? Well, uh, I will encourage you to go out and get my book, read it, and then we'll get back on and we'll go deep dive into anything that you want and how to apply the psychology, you know, in, in your leadership and your selling. Um, and you what know, was the book again? The book is Influence People with the subtitle Powerful Everyday Opportunities to Persuade that are lasting and ethical. And if people go out to my website, there's plenty of icons with the book. You can click on it, pick it up at Amazon. It's um, you can get a paperback. You can get it in in audio. Um, so whatever you're listening for. So the title book. doesn't have manipulation in it. I'm joking. I'm joking. No manipulation in there. <laughs>
Uh, with powerful everyday opportunities to persuade that are lasting and ethical. Coffee is the ethical. If you put manipulation in the name of your book, Stanford call you and go, dude, what gives, man? We have to change ours and you put it in yours. Anyways, man, uh, kudos to you, Uh, Brian. I really do appreciate you coming on, man. I know the uh, loyal listeners loved it as well, man. Good, Good for you. Thank you. Appreciate it. For all you loyal listeners out there, obviously, ironically enough, Agents Influence, uh, you heard the story and you know the reason why I do what I do because I do it for you. I do what I do for you, not because I want you to reciprocate and give back to me. I just literally want to get out there and make you think. It's what I've done. I was uh, gifted by a guy by the name of Mike Beard, who's my first ever mentor, who told me to challenge things and not to accept what everybody else was doing. And that's what I did. And, And when it started to paying results out for me, I wanted to give it to you. As you know, as a loyal listener, I want everybody in the world to experience the life that I have because the life that I have, I never thought that I have. I'm not a millionaire. I'm not a gazillionaire. But what I do have is I'm loved by my family. I have a job that I thoroughly enjoy going to. I have clients that I believe like to do business with me. And I believe that I can gain trust in the community. But most importantly, what gets me up every day is I've gained trust with you as a loyal listener. And I really, really do appreciate that. I want you to know that I'll do everything in my life to not betray that trust that you have with me because I just want you to think and remember I want you to tell me your thoughts tell me your ideas and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say this has been Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast I'm Jason he's Brian and we we're out hey agents listen to this listen to this what are we terrible at think of it think of it really we're we're terrible at training right we're not very good at hiring we're not very good terrible at firing actually uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want and the list goes on and on now listen I'm an agency owner and I, you know how it is to to fix a problem the first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem here's what you do Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.